Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is a little podcast that I like to put together where I like to talk about all things investing. Where I like to talk about, share with you some of my observations about what's going on in the market, share with you other people's observations about what's going on, on in the market, some of my takes on what's happening in the stock market, what's going on in the investing world, and also more importantly, share with you some of my own personal investment decisions that I make in terms of the thought process that I go through. The goal really is, is at the end of the day, for hopefully, hopefully for you to take some nuggets of information and ideas and concepts and be able to bring it back into your own um, personal investment uh, situation in, in terms of making uh, better investment decisions for yourself. My name is Amin Reina, and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, what I do is I try to help people who want to become more financially independent. The problem is, for most people, when they start thinking about investing, they feel frustrated, intimidated, confused by the whole concept of investing. They either don't know where to start, if they're just getting into investing, or they've been investing for a long time, but just aren't getting any traction with their portfolio. So ultimately what I do as an investment coach is I teach people, I engage with them more in terms of helping them to make more educated and ultimately more successful investment decisions so that they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and, and achieve it with confidence. So this is episode 111. We're all about the ones today and it's decision day. Today is um, the episode where I like to share with you some of my recent investment decisions that I've made. And this is actually one of my favorite episodes. This is actually these, these episodes that I do, um, these decision episodes are probably the most downloaded ones and probably the most listened to ones on my, uh, in terms of the podcast that I've done. And I don't know if it's just people looking for investment tips or stock tips or, you know, are they interested in learning about the process? And that's really what it is. I, I, I do these um I like to do these episodes because uh, these podcasts because it gives me an opportunity to share with you just the thought process that I go through to to making an investment decision. And as you know, as I said, as a coach, I teach people how to make investment decisions. I teach people the mechanics of of figuring out what stocks to buy and sell or add to. And uh, you know, it's one thing for me to teach this stuff. Um, I think it's, I feel really strongly that it's another thing to model the behavior, to actually walk the talk, to actually put your money where your mouth is and say and actually practice what you're going to teach. So, uh, so that's, that's what I, I'm, I do here in these episodes. I just, uh, I walk through the, my, my most recent investment decisions. So I'm going to share with you um, the decisions that I made in January this past month and uh Specifically, I didn't really make any new decisions. I didn't buy any new stocks, so I'm not going to get into a full-on analysis of, of, a, of a new stock that I purchased. It's basically the decisions that I made were either to buy more stock in something that I already own or sell some shares. So I did actually make one sales sell transaction. And I'm going to walk you through pretty much what I was thinking when I was, when I was doing all this stuff. So the first decision point I made was I decided to add... Um, buy more shares in a stock called Nutrien, and the ticker symbol is NTR. And uh, you probably haven't heard of Nutrien before, but you probably have because Nutrien is a is a really it's a brand new spanking company. It's actually the new name of the combined uh, merger. Uh, last year, if you recall, there was a merger between Potash Corporation and Agrium, which are two of the bigger biggest. 
um, agriculture companies, potash slash, you know, nitrogen fertilizer companies on the planet. And they merged last year. They, they made an agreement. They're going to get together. And uh, they merged and it's official and they created a new name of the company and called it Nutrien in the ticker symbol NTR. It just traded in January. And so reason being I'm adding to it is because I previously, for people who've been following my podcast and, and my blog, um, you'll know that I have, I've been a shareholder of Potash Corporation. So as part of this merger agreement, um, my shares got transferred into this new company. So now I have shares in Nutrien. So, um, since it went on the market, what's been interesting though is that since it's entered the market, the stock price has been going down. So it kind of like piqued my interest and I thought, okay, maybe I would want to add some. But I want to kind of go back a little bit in terms of the rationale of owning a company like this. Is And it's interesting because um, I'm, obviously I own Potash, but Agrium is a company that I've actually had on my radar list for the longest. It's actually on my big list of stocks that I've always wanted to buy because um, one of my themes that I try to want to incorporate, investing themes that I want to kind of make sure I kind of have exposure to in my portfolios is this whole food concept. I've talked to people, I've talked in the past about having, um, you know, try to find stocks to invest in, like food stocks are great because there's endless demand for food. Um, but taking a step forward, um, I think agriculture and food is going to be a really, really important core staple um, going forward because we're living in a world now where there's more people in the world and also there's people now living not in as much people living in poverty. People are like, especially outside, out east, in, the, in Asia and Africa, and around, there's people are, you know, are rising to a higher standard of living. And so... When people get a higher standard of living, they want to consume more things, they want to eat more, they want to eat better. So there's going to be, I think, a growing demand for healthier food and proper food. And agriculture is going to be, I think, a forefront of, of, of meeting this demand. I think there's going to be a lot of demand. You have to add that to the fact that, you know, with climate change and stuff like that, there isn't as much, um, you know, good land out there to grow food. So you need um, materials like fertilizer, like potash to, to, you know, develop the land so you can grow food. And so um, I think Nutrien and Agrium and Potash Corporation, whatever the new world of it, I think is going to be, is because they're already quality, well-run businesses, I think they're going to be, now that they're together, I think they're going to be a powerhouse. So this is the type of stock I kind of want to have in my portfolio to have that exposure to that whole agriculture side. And it's a bumpy, it's a bumpy experience because it's a commodity. So, um, there's, it's been kind of in a low, the commodity prices for, for fertilizer and, uh, potash have been quite depressed the last three, four years, but there are signs now that, uh, there's the pricing pressure or the pricing ability for these companies is going to get a little bit, pricing power is going to be a little bit better. So, I could see this being a really good long-term kind of stock that I'd want to hold. So ultimately, the stock's been falling in January, and so I thought, you know what? I think this might be a great time to just pick up some of the, some more shares in it. So that was my decision uh, that, that I came up with to buy more shares in Nutrien. The next decision that I made was I decided to um, buy more shares in Imperial Oil, ticker symbol IMO. Now, oil to me is also another kind of core go-to kind of uh, industry that I'd like to have some exposure to. 
primarily because the companies that are, that are in that industry are have demonstrated a really strong ability to create wealth. Um, in my time being an investment analyst, the top companies, the top wealth creating companies, always at the top of my list, were always oil companies. And so I've had a little bit of a of, an, of a, a likeness or a, a liking to these type companies because they're just they just seem to be really well run, well managed businesses, and that's what I want to invest in. I want to invest in high quality businesses, and so. To me, oil stocks have always been, but I always want to own the best of the best. And to me, Imperial Oil is one of the best of the best. Um, they've been traditionally a really great company, um, generated strong, created strong economic profit. What's happened though is, you know, oil prices have obviously been depressed, but they're tracking up again now. Oil is almost at $65 a barrel. It was down in the low 40s. <laughs> you know, most of the time, oil stocks they kind of go hand in hand with oil prices. So with oil prices shooting up. Um, I think this is a great opportunity and the stock really hasn't been moving as much. I thought this is a great opportunity to pick up some more shares on it and ultimately the market's going to recognize this and uh, it's going to reward it. So uh, that factoring all these elements in, that led me to say, you know what, I think I want to buy some more shares of Imperial Oil. So that was my second decision. My third decision was to buy more shares in an ETF called... Uh, the Spider U.S. Financials ETF ticker symbol XLF. Um, this is pretty much I've this decision I made is is one of the decisions I've made is driven by the whole Trump concept. Um, we're starting the new year here with a president who is in a, in a in a government that essentially is very much intent on rolling back a lot of regulations, especially in the financial space, and even going back to a time where a lot of financial companies really pretty much ran roughshod over everybody and uh, did a lot of things that created the financial crisis of 2007, 2008. So Trump wants to go back to before then, and. Uh, while I don't agree with that, I think it's stupid. I think it's a dumb thing he's doing, um, as usual. Um, but at the same time, I'm an investor, and I'm looking to see, okay, which, where are businesses that have the potential to make money? And if he takes, well, he, if, he, if he, it's going to happen, and you factor it in with the fact that the that that consumer watchdog, financial watchdog agency that was created under Obama, um, he's kind of pretty much wanting to gut it. And uh, he's put some people in there who are basically their mandate is to gut that agency that is essentially an activist role to help consumers, protect consumers from financial garbage out there. Um, it just reinforces that these companies are going to be let, uh, be allowed to run roughshod, which again, I don't agree with. But as an investor, there's potential they, they could probably make more money out of it. And as an investor, I'm trying to make money. So, um, so I think... This is one of my themes again is you know investing in a world with Trump. And to me, you know, financials and defense are kind of like the guns and butter of uh it's a guns and butter policy and to me these are the types of industries that are probably going to benefit um under a Trump pre presidency. So I last year I started I opened up a small position with the XLF and it's been up almost 12 to 15% since then. So the fact of the matter is, uh, um, you know, I think that more there's more to come. He's only been in the office a year. There's three more years left of this guy. You know, unless something else happens. But um, 
I think there's a potential here for the financial companies to to really jack up their profits, and ultimately that's gonna that's gonna trickle down into their stock prices. So when I looked at that, I'm going, hey, you know what? I think I'm gonna add some more shares to the XLF. So I bought some more shares in the XLF um, to to just to just you know again take advantage of this wave of deregulation that seems to be heading down the path of of the financial services area. Finally. Um, the last decision I made was a sell decision, and that was that I sold my shares of uh, Nike, or part of my shares. Actually, I didn't sell. I stole some shares, but I sold most of it for a uh, 22.5% gain, and that factors in currencies because I had to buy it in Canadian dollars and all that stuff. So um, I made about 22.5% profit on it, return on it. And for those of you who've been following my podcast and follow what I do and you know I've, I've worked with in the past, you know uh, the importance of having, that I have, of having an exit strategy in terms of knowing when to get out of a position, know when to sell. And for me, it's about establishing a threshold. And so for me, my magic number is 20%. So when a stock that I own crosses a 20% return level, I evaluate it to determine, you know what, if there's potential to get more return or I just basically sell it. I've kind of programmed myself to to sell at that time to to bank the profit because 20% return or 20 whatever is pretty good I'm comfortable with that and uh, and you do it and it by doing that it just takes the discipline it takes the emotional side of and the greed factor out of your investment decision so ultimately you're making decisions more calmly more rationally um, they're more factor-based, and ultimately, they're going to be more. You're going to make more successful decisions by having a disciplined approach to it. So, as it comes to Nike, I love Nike. I think it's a great company. It's a fan, it's, to me, it's the best of breed in terms of sports apparel. It it's potentially the ecosystem can control the ecosystem for sports apparel in that it could be the gatekeeper online and in offline in terms of sports. So if you need sports gear or sports equipment or sports apparel, your path goes through Nike. And we're living in a world now, if they can control that that entry point, be that gatekeeper and control that market, they're going to dominate that market and that's going to trickle into their stock price. They're going to be valued as that dominant company. So I sold it. I have a little bit left. It's still on my master list, my watch list. And so if the stock were to fall back down, um, in the 50s or even lower, I would consider buying in it because again, I think it's the best of breed in that space, in the in that apparel space for sports apparel race. Um, when I bought it last year, it was I bought it at 53, and at the time, the analysts were just slamming the stock, saying, you know what, they're flat over, you know, Under Armour, Adidas is going to steal market share. There are people really down on the stock, but I bought in because it's, it's Nike and they're everywhere. Um, I don't see them losing presence anywhere. Um, and eventually, I, and in January, I sold it. It went to 67. So that's when I uh, I sold it. And uh, so I made about 22.5%. So I'm like, okay, I'm okay with that. Um, so it was a good decision and a profitable decision. And uh, But again, the, the key takeaway here is it's just forget about Nike. It's just having the discipline to know when to get in and you know making a decision. But then having a plan and having a strategy for when you're going to get out. So in this case, this was a strategy to get out when things are good, but also you need a strategy if things aren't good because you want to protect your savings, you want to protect your capital, and having that exit strategy is is, is critical to doing that. So 
that's pretty much my decisions that I made. Um, as I said, I didn't buy any new stocks because in January the markets were just stupid crazy. They were like setting a record almost every month, every day. And uh, I just didn't find anything interesting or compelling to want to want to buy. So I just kind of held off on it. Um, but, you know, as I said, I tweaked around my portfolio and just sort of added um, to the uh, to the position. So um, if you want to read more about how I went through these decision points that I made, you, I, I posted my blog, my written blog. It's on my website, sageinvestors.ca. You can check it out. If you have any questions, feel free to drop me an email through my website. Or you can find me on Twitter. My handle is at Sage Investors. Or you can find me on my Facebook page, which is just search for Safe, uh, Sage Investors on my Facebook page. And uh, check me out. And if you have any more questions also about my uh, coaching services, as well as my courses, my online investing courses that I teach, uh, as well as my in-person courses, I can sit in front of you and teach you investing. Um, check it out. Give me a shout. And I'll be more than happy to answer any questions that you have. So that's pretty much all I got for you this week. It's decision week, so hopefully you're out there making some really good decisions. And uh, thanks for listening in. So um, as I said, all my podcasts are on iTunes, so feel free to jump aboard, subscribe, leave some comments, and uh, let me know how things are. Let me know things, what you think. All right, so pretty much got to go right now. Thank you very much for listening in. This has been another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amon Reina from Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.